Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. It is a January 10th, so we're a couple of weeks into the new year. Uh, are you finding uh, anything uh, really hard to uh, to give up for New Year's? Or, again, the resolutions and going to the gym, all of that, of which we can't really do. But um, It's a great excuse. It is a good idea. It's love a great to, excuse. Yeah, it's going to gonna be my resolution. Yeah. But I can't. Can't do it. Love to, babe. Yeah, um, you know, some things uh, to give up are easier than others. Like, I've relatively easily given up speaking to the family. <laughs> it's been easy. Now, you ditched one of the hardest ones out there in smoking, like, years ago. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, in my 30s, yeah. I mean, I was on and off trying to quit. I've always said of, of smoking that uh, when you're ready to give it up, you will. You just have to, because I, when I finally put them down, I didn't struggle with it at all. I, as far as I can remember... I, I was always on and off and on and off. I will say the only thing about the smoking that I did was I never hid it from my kids. It always drives me crazy when I see adults who smoke and they're like running up a hill. Well, they can't run up a hill if they smoke. <laughs> they, they're, they're darting behind trees to, uh, to smoke their dart. And the kids realize it's, it's called a learning tool. I mean, it's just say to my boys all the time. I, I started smoking when I was 15 because I was an idiot. And uh, now I'm paying the price, you know. <laughs> Parents who are admitting COVID before smoking. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah oh, it's got to be COVID. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. I wasn't smoking. No, it just must be COVID. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's funny. Like, we talk about it now. Just with smoking, uh, you know, we smoke in the house. And when my mom smoked, my dad smoked, my we all smoked. And when Maria first started dating, she didn't smoke. It was like an opium den in our house. You know? <laughs> and the poor woman, she, she'd have to like wear her sweater over her face the entire time. Oh, wow. Oh, it was so bad. And then my parents thought, oh, here's an idea. We'll crack a window open half an inch in the basement. That'll help solve the problem. But that, that was, you know, the public sentiment on smoking at that point. Mm. I mean, you had smoking sections on airplanes. Yeah. You know, you know, the tube in the sky, are they really separating? No. And, and even, I mean, you know, remember restaurant dining rooms, smoking sections and non-smoking oh, sections. Yeah. You know, there was no plexiglass barrier no, between no. the two of them. It was a fake them. green tree. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's uh, We just had this big ashtray in the middle of the table all the time, and it was just constantly going and... Anyhow, yeah, it's... Uh, and then even when it became frowned upon, they started putting smoking sections in places. Like, I remember, like, the bowling alley would have mm, a smoking area where halls. you're basically, like, you know, in a in a glass box. Yeah. And all the smoke apparently <laughs> being lifted out of there. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it, it was a time. We had a smoking area in my school, in high school. Yeah, we had I'd, one. I'd be outside having a dart with my teacher. I have teachers borrowing cigarettes <laughs> off of me. Yes, parents. No, yes. I know it's shocking, but yes. Actually, speaking of shocking, I'm still surprised how many young people smoke still. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of them around this building. They're outside holding on. Like, what? Like, when did you pick that up and well, why? And also, the, with, the, with the price of them. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cigarettes now. I mean, I mean, uh, every now and then I'll be at the gas station or a convenience store, and I hear someone come in, come in, and it's not very often that mm. someone's coming in to buy a pack of smokes anymore. It, that's how down that is, right? But they are naming things that I've never heard of. Like it's calling out names that uh, I guess are cigarette brands mm. now. There was you know about five or six I remember growing up. Yeah, that was it. Craven A's, Players Light, DeMaurier. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't hear them too because they're whispering. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, can I get uh I'll take a cart now, Craven A's. Huh? 
Right. That'll be four hundred dollars, please. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> so many people are trying to find cheap cigarettes. They're, they're, they'll spend $90 in a Suburban to get to Deseronto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saving money. Now, I will say this. I still wish on some level I could smoke. Like if doctors said tomorrow, you know, it's really good for your eyebrow growth. <laughs> I'd be right back. Because there are certain, you see it in movies. Like there are certain actors who smoke so cool. They can do it. Yeah. You know, just the way that dart hangs out their mouth and the smoke just kind of waffles up. Right, and the, and the flick, the flick of yeah. the butt too. Yeah. I was always really good at being able to let the cigarette just dangle. Let that ash burn right up. Oh, yeah, that was good. I <laughs> good tricks. Yeah. Anyhow. Uh, so if you're trying to give up things, so what's some of the hardest things to give up in the new year? And uh, it turns out you think like alcohol because it's dry January. Right. But uh, chocolate seems to be the number one thing people struggle. And then meat. People oh. want to cut back on their uh, meat intake, I guess. Yeah. All right. Then, uh, then alcohol, then potato chips. Uh, that's my, that's my uh, curse. I can't seem to shake the chips. <laughs> I've had all four of these things yeah. in, in the last 48 hours. <laughs> Cake, social media, wine, which I guess they don't count it in the same list as like hard liquor. All right. Uh, cookies, smoking, as we mentioned. Beer, takeout food. Well, you should be supporting takeout food right now. It was actually at Hills Pub and Grill. I'll tell you about that. Oh, later. okay. Yeah, yeah, we got food from them. Great people there. Well, I think I think if they're frowning, it's probably on fast food more than just taking. Yeah, it. probably. Yeah, but chocolate, toughest thing. I, yeah, chocolate. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, I think with snacks, I'm all salt, not sugar. I really love the salty snacks. Mm. Not so. I don't. I'm well, eat a chocolate bar. I love an O Henry just like the next person. But yeah, I could probably give those up. Now I want to crave an A. The more A light, I'm trying to cut back. Man, at the beginning of every new year, it seems like we we lose uh, celebrities rather uh, rather quickly. Yeah, I guess so. a couple of years ago, Bowie, Kobe, yeah, early in the year That's as right. well. That's right. And this year is uh, no different. Of course, we all took a kick in the pills when we lost Betty White there on New Year's Eve. Right. Uh, and then uh, just end of last week, uh, Sidney Poitier passed away. Now, if you don't know the name, uh, he was hugely important in Hollywood. He was the first black man to win an Oscar for Best Actor in a 1963 movie called Lilies of the Field. He was also given an Honorary Academy Award in 2002. He is seen as the uh, the first black actor to, to break through in Hollywood and be a massive box office draw, uh, beloved by many, both black and white. But uh, Jamie Foxx tells a great story about how Sidney's presence alone uh, made him give up partying. Uh, Sydney basically said to him, "We need your talent, and we need you to be here for other black actors." Really, to follow like your watch a reach yeah. out to Jamie Foxx. Well, through Oprah Winfrey. Wow. Oprah called Jamie. Jamie's in the middle of having a party. Oprah's yeah. on the line. He's like, "Who's this calling?" It's Oprah. We'd like you to meet with somebody. Wow. Yeah. And uh, that's the type of uh, sway that Sydney had. Even Barack Obama speaking very fondly of him. Now it is funny of Sydney because um, as much as he did so much. For uh, black actors and black communities, a huge civil rights uh, activist and all of that. As his career went on, he decided, as many actors do, that he was going to get out of in front of the camera and get behind the camera. And he started directing movies and he made four or five of them. The problem with that is all of them were with Bill Cosby. Mm. So he's still just a man right. who makes mistakes. 
Well, he, Bill had pulled the wool over uh, over the eyes yeah. of many people for a long many time. years. Uh, we went on to direct Stir Crazy with Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder, and uh, Hanky Panky with Gene Wilder and his wife Gilda Radner. So he did a lot, and a lot of people speaking very fondly of him and passing away at ninety four. Yeah, a lot of his movies were like before my time or before our time, really fifties, sixties. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the early 70s. I do remember a movie he made, I think it was late 80s, early 90s, called Sneakers. Mm. It was Robert Redford and uh, and Dan Aykroyd was in that mm. movie, too. And it was kind of this kind of spy espionage type thing. Yeah, he showed up in a, in a few films, uh, some action stuff along the way. There was, I mean, I did see uh, Who's Coming, I guess Who's Coming to Dinner, because I remember being told that it was such an important film. And it was I, maybe early 60s and about a, a black man dating a white woman, which, right. of course, at the time. And and she came from money. and Yeah. Well, listen, his, his breaking that, that barrier was, you know, not only being the first to, to win an Oscar, a black man, but really the first to have really, you know, pivotal roles, mm-hmm. right? When, you know, most black actors at t- that time were basically in the background, yeah. right? Play, well, playing the, you know, playing, or some playing kind of servants, servants yeah. of some sort. Yeah, he was the lead man. Now, living the year mid-90s, that's that's good. You, you know, you, you just celebrate the man at that point. But this is very sad. Bob Saget, 65 years old. Yeah. This is, uh, this. now we talk about not knowing somebody. I don't know anybody from single digits to my, probably my father's age who doesn't know Bob Saget and the name because my father would have watched America's Funniest Home Videos. We certainly raised our kids on How I Met Your Mother, and he was the uh, the narrator oh, right. on that. I forgot about that. And who hasn't at least sat through one episode of Full House? Right. Right? And Fuller House. He was Danny Tanner, the uh, the father of the house. Yeah, a widowed father of three daughters. Yeah. The concept I think many thought wouldn't work. Right. Uh, and, it, uh, and it certainly did. And he, and he became that kind of ultimate TV dad, you know, good guy and, uh, you know, easily loved. Yeah. Which he said he loved having that persona because it allowed him to be raunchy in his comedy, which he was a stand-up comedian first. Right. uh, And then dabbled in broadcasting before getting that role on Full House. And not just dirty, like really dirty. Really raunchy. Really blue. And it kind of came to light, I think, in The the Aristocrats, the movie about the dirty joke and 100 Comedians. Yeah, he uh, he used to love when Full House was in its uh, you know its prime. He would go on tour, and and families would show up because they thought, oh, this is going to be happy family time with Danny Tanner, right? And it was anything but. And all of this, uh, you know, a real mystery. Obviously, he was uh, just you know found dead in a hotel room in Florida. It was called about a man unresponsive. Mm-hmm. Uh, is what police got. Um, no signs of foul play. No signs of drug use. Apparently, uh, in the room. Um, and so just and just on Saturday, he had tweeted, uh, I'm back in comedy like I was when I was 26. I guess I'm finding my new voice and loving every moment of it. Yeah. On Saturday on Instagram. So so maybe it was a heart attack. Right. Who knows? Uh, he was, a, he was a, a divorced. Well, he married twice. Actually, mm. he married another uh, woman in uh, 2018. Uh, and he had three daughters, oddly enough, for a guy who... It was a TV dad of three daughters. He had three of his own. You can go back and see his roast, too. He was uh, the subject of a roast right. once. And he, he showed up a lot on, like, Entourage and other shows playing kind of himself. But, like, kind of a really creepy, seedy Bob Saget who would be hanging around L.A. and Hollywood dating young actresses and all <laughs> of that. So, uh, now, I wonder, there was a story a few years back that the people who owned the house, uh, the, the actual full house 
uh, house right. in San Francisco. If you remember the opening sequence, they show the park, and then you see the yellow house, yeah. right? I wonder if there will be a lot of people laying flowers outside of that house today. I bet. Yeah, probably. Now, there was another man who passed away, and this name you, you probably might not recognize unless you've been kind of a, a fan of the history of, uh, of live performances and festivals in particular. But Michael Lang was the co-creator and organizer of uh, Woodstock's 1969 Woodstock Music and Art Wow. Fair. He passed away at age 77. There's been so many documentaries about Woodstock and, and what it's meant to music. He was such a young guy when he pulled that off. Like, it was a very impressive story. Then he went on to uh, produce Woodstock 94 and then the ill-fated Woodstock 99. Right. Which, there's a documentary on HBO about that and how horrible that whole event went. And they talked about doing a 50th anniversary uh, for the 1969 uh, Woodstock, but it all fell apart uh, for one reason or another. Anyhow, mm-hmm. he passed away at age 77. Wow. Yeah. What? What? how high he was when he came up with the original idea. <laughs> how he got people to buy into it. All right. I got well, an idea. They were all high, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a, It's an impressive story. If you've never seen, because uh, it really was that in the 60s, that whole uh, peace, love, and grooviness. Yeah. That was happening, and then, of course, the Stones went and ruined it with Altamont, but that's a whole other thing. Anyhow, uh, Michael Lang passing away at the age of 77. So you would probably think that the worst thing that could happen to you on a chairlift at a ski resort is that you fall off. But no, it could get worse. A hydrant burst at Beach Mountain Ski Resort in North Carolina on Friday, apparently after a skier crashed into it. It was directly under the chairlift, which meant the riders on the chairlift were getting blasted by cold water. And it was coming out with intense force. Uh-huh. Oh, they, they blast. Yeah, yeah. This thing was, uh, the water was so strong, it was actually lifting the chairs on the lift as well as lifting the skiers out of the chair. Now, the chairlift continued operating, which meant many skiers got caught under it, sometimes for around two minutes. There's one person was clinging to the lift to stay on it. It was so wild that many people were jumping off the lift to avoid it. Wow. You know, it's already cold enough. Could you right. imagine hammered with freezing cold water? <laughs> Crazy. And and this beach mountain just doesn't seem to really care or even taking responsibility. They're blaming the skier that ran into the, the hydrant. Right. In some way, you got to shut it down, though, yeah, you think? Yeah, you'd think so. Anyhow, the video is wild. There's one point when they're stuck, like, right over it. It's just, they're just getting hammered. Right. By it. Well, and that's what happens, right? Because what, when someone, when there's a problem either loading or unloading of the chair with mm-hmm. someone falling, then they stop the chair. Mm-hmm. And so they're literally having people stopped right over top of this geyser of freezing cold <laughs> ice. The one time, <laughs> the one time I went skiing when we went to Quebec, I, the, the part I enjoyed outside of drinking uh, in the ski lodge after uh, was just riding in the lift. I enjoyed that more than the skiing. Right. You know, the views are beautiful. And, and so I remember skiing with all these uh, these top-notch skiers, drinking with these top-notch skiers, and then agreeing to go up to, like, was it double black diamond or whatever the hell the top thing is? <laughs> and it's like four lifts to get up or something, and you're like, this is so cool. But then, of course, you got to get down. Right. Which is the problem. So I basically... And I remember looking at the uh, the mountain and all the moguls at the end and thinking, and I was doing the bunny run most of the time, and uh, and thinking to myself, uh, boy, I'd never want to get stuck on those moguls. Look at those guys flying over those things. Then, of course, ha- having to come down from that double black diamond or whatever, I come around the corner and there's those damn moguls. So I bounced on my butt the whole way down. They, they make it look so easy oh, yeah. in the Olympics on yeah. television. Like, how do you just scoot right through them? Yeah.
And then you see them, we're like, oh, my goodness, it's crazy. Uh, I thought I was going to die. I really did. I, there was a cliff I thought I was going to go over at one point, and I threw myself down into the ground. I remember some long-haired, flowing ski dude going, the guy in the gray is out of control. <laughs> I went flying by him. Yeah, never again. Never again. One and done. This is a great story, uh, and this is so uh, typical of New York City. There's a video going around of a woman visiting New York, uh, and she opened the window of her hotel room. She's very excited because she had just gotten engaged. So she opens up the window, and she yells, I'm engaged in New York. And then she gets an immediate response. Ready? I'm engaged in New York! <laughs> She's immediately told to F off. <laughs> <laughs> That's I was so like, great. Remember we did that one rock your block, and I think it was like Pickering. We did mm. it in like a garage. Mm-hmm. They're like, uh, "Hey, good morning." They just shut the hell up. Oh yeah, the guy up the street. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Not everybody was happy no, to see no. us. Not always. It is time to chat with our man Ted Reader for Halinda's Meats. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craigie. Good morning, Lucky. Morning, Teddy. How are you? You know, cold. Nipple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, is this the time then, I guess, when we get wind chills like this and they're really cold, that, that if you've got uh, maybe a smoker or one of those kind of uh, big kind of Kamado uh, mm. like grills, is this is this the time, the big green eggs, where, where they really shine? Oh, yeah. The, the Kamados really do hold the heat and make uh, cooking outdoors in the winter a lot, lot easier. But also, you know, you've got that Traeger Lucky. Yep. It'll sing out there just beautifully. Mm. You yeah. know, just nice and easy. I did a couple of chickens the other day, and uh, I think they were in my trigger. I did them hot and fast at about 325 degrees, and they weren't in there much more than an hour and 15 minutes, and they came out absolutely moist and juicy and tasty. So, you know, you can have some fun. Like, you get out there and do it. Awesome, Don't yeah. just because it's cold, you know, long underwear. <laughs> Good pair of pants, yeah. gloves, toque, multiple layers, hot chocolate, you know. Maybe a sipping bourbon. Oh, sipping, guzzling, <laughs> guzzling instead. Now, Teddy, uh, on your Instagram account, people can follow Ted on Instagram and on Facebook. I mean, his photos are food porn. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's full on. And uh, you had a photo of something called your Better Butter Burger. And this goes back to a couple of uh, of your cookbooks ago. But the photo of this burger, I don't think we've ever spoken of your Better Butter Burger, Teddy. Oh, the Better Butter Burger. That came out of a cookbook I did back, I think, in 2004. It was called Sticky Fingers and Tenderloins. And uh, you know what? That book is still in print. Perfect. And it's 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 almost uh, almost 20 years old. Mm. But uh, I called it The Burger is Better with Butter. And <clears throat> because when you go to the grocery store, you get mediocre ground beef. Mm. Yeah, gotta go to the butcher for the best ground beef. It is true. Head over. It is, right? Yeah, you gotta is. go... I, Teddy, I tell you something, and this is nothing against grocery stores necessarily, but I always just bought my ground beef or ground chicken or whatever at, at my local grocery store. And then I started going to Halinda's. You can really tell the difference. You, you really can. And I don't know what it is or why, but it's just, it cooks nicer, it cooks more even, there's more flavor. Well, and especially with burgers, right? You want that blend, Ted. 
Right. Well, you want you want a good flavored burger. One, you want it to be all meat. What what I find with with grocery store ground beef is that it seems to have a lot of water in it, mm. and your burgers need a binder, something to hold them together because they fall apart. And there's not a lot of flavor coming out of that beef. And so whether it says it's lean or or <laughs> medium, it really it's all the same, and it, it doesn't make a great burger. So head on over to your local butcher and, and ask them to grind some burger meat for you, and it'll be a lot better. It'll taste like something, mm-hmm. and that's what you want it to be. Whether you add a little bit of veal or a little bit of pork to it if you want to make it even more flavorful, but... <clears throat> The better butter burger is medium ground beef, and then I take some cubes, little knobs of butter. So I take ice-cold butter and cut it about a quarter-inch thick and cut them into little squares. And really, you're looking at about 10% over the overall burger that you're going to put butter into it. All right? So you take these little tiny little cubes of butter and you fold it into your ground beef. All right, make up your patties, and you might see little knobs of butter all the way through those patties. And then put them on the top shelf of your grill. Let them go just nice and easy, and then take them down and sear them off on the bottom. And they'll be absolutely delicious. Wow. And you got that little butter coming in there to enhance and give some more richness and more flavorful to your uh, more flavor to your burgers. And it's a pretty tasty burger, the Better Butter Burger. And then you always, you know... Uh, an extra knob of butter on top of the burger just so it melts. So in that photo that you saw, yep. that's there's there's just like a puddle of butter on top of the burger. And that's because right at the very end, you put a little knob of butter on top of it and just shut the grill off and let it melt. And hasn't that always been the trick of uh, steakhouses is to melt butter on top of the steak just before serving it? Oh yeah. yeah. Same with same with my wife. She melts butter all over me and then I'm delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I'm over. Well, well, too much. <laughs> like a, like a piece much. of corn on the cob. <laughs> She's just spinning you in butter, buddy. <laughs> and there goes the appetite. <laughs> now, butter really is the the great kind of moisturizer in that you can syringe it into chicken and and all sorts of stuff. Would you use garlic butter uh, as well in the burgers or just go with your oh, yeah. straight up salt? Yeah, 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 yeah. Knock yourself out. You could even make a little bit of blue cheese butter and put a knob of blue cheese butter on top of that burger. Oh, wow. Right? Careful is that you don't want to put too much butter into the ground beef mixture. All right? Because when you do get it onto the grill, you're going to get some flare-ups. So you've got to stick around. You don't leave your grill. Don't close the lid on it. You just want to watch what's going on so that you, as it starts to sputter and to flare up a little bit, you want to be able to move those burgers out of the way. But a better butter burger is the best burger. You know, there's a burger chain in the States called Culver's, and it's a fast food chain. But they've always put a little bit of butter into their burgers, mm. and they make a pretty, pretty tasty burger down in the States. So if you're down in the States and you get to see a Culver's, go try their butter burgers because they're pretty damn good. All right, Teddy, we will follow that lead and put <clears throat> butter on everything. If people want to talk to you, now they can get a hold of you. But as I just mentioned as well, you're on Instagram constantly, so people can follow you there. How do they follow you on Instagram, Ted? On Instagram, you'll find me at Ted Grills or at Ted Reader Barbecue, The Joint. How was your weekend? Hope everybody had a good one. We uh, took uh, David to the uh, airport bright and early Sunday morning, 4 a.m. on the 401 Sunday morning. Oh, so he's back to uh, none of it? He's back up to none of it. Yeah. So uh, he he doesn't know how much longer. You know, it's funny. He says he uh, absolutely loves living up there. And he had some great photos. uh, He's really gotten into photography up there. And he... uh, 
I mean, it, it just looks majestic. Um, and it's, it's it, some photos, it looks like he's not even on planet Earth. You know, it looks like he's on a, a Mars or something. And and he, he loves the people and he loves the environment. Uh, it's just so damn expensive to live up there. Right. And unless you're working in the mines or, or doing whatever, uh, there's just not uh, enough money to be made. The company he worked for, I think, uh, takes pretty good care of him. So that, that's what keeps him going. But... He's. I think he's able to come back if he wanted to without any, because he signed a, I think a one year deal with him. So basically, like February, if he oh, he okay. could turn around. Oh, I thought out. it was two that he was. He'd... Well, now he says it's a year. He thinks he can get out. Oh, okay. So, anyhow, so uh, there was some tears shed, Maria, and uh, of course uh, his girlfriend Juanita was with us, and we all took him out, and uh, I had tears of joy. <laughs> One last mouth to feed. One down. Yeah. Few more to go. I was showing Daniel how the door opens. I was like, look. Look, Daniel. You can walk out it. <laughs> Anyhow, so that was uh, that was our weekend. How was your weekend? Uh, pretty good. We ended up uh, getting up to the cottage. Nice. And uh, I spent most of my weekend shoveling. Oh, yeah, a lot of snow? Uh, a little bit, but more than anything, it was it was trying to create a rink on the ice for the, oh, uh, the okay. kids to skate on. So shovel that off at least three or four times and uh, working a hose out of the lake to try and flood it. This has become uh, the uh, the winter life now without rinks to enter to actually play, and you got to try and figure out how to make your own ones. Right. But and it's, I, as I was out there, it was, like, it was almost <laughs> like... It, you know, like the that drive that dudes have for lawn care. Mm. It, it's almost the same thing. It's like, well, okay, well, how do I make this uh, ODR, as the kids call it, the outdoor rink, and how do I, uh, uh, and how do I get it better? How do I get mine as good or better than the next guys? And uh, it's a constant battle with cold temperatures and freezing everything. I see some photos of people's backyards and the elaborate stuff oh, they go so to jealous. in building rinks, right? I'd I'd call the city and ask for a permit. Are you allowed to? <laughs> is this a lot of the structure? I'd, Some I'd of make, them are huge. I'd yeah. make sure it was melted, full on boards and oh, uh, lighting and the whole thing. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, and I, I, that, it would be my luck that my neighbor would be the guy who puts up the uh, arena type lighting. If I had a flat backyard, mm. it would be a great kind of little uh, uh, comeback. At Karen too has kept mm. me up for so many years, uh, yelling in the middle of the night to just have pucks. Constantly dinging off goalposts until <laughs> <laughs> 10 o'clock at night with lights shining over top of them. I saw somebody uh, recently on Facebook. They had taken their in-ground pool. Now, I had always asked that question that when it freezes over, can you skate on it? Why couldn't you? And, of course, the reason you, you're not supposed to is because you'll always see a bit of the liner up yes. around the top. But I think there's some k- kits you can buy that can Absolutely. convert your uh, your in-ground pool to a rink. So. Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen those as well. I've also seen others who basically just cover over top with like uh, uh, with wood, right. To make a platform over top of that rink. Okay, then. because at least you've got a flat surface to start on. Right, 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 right. right. Well, people were asked if they uh, if they did nothing over the weekend, uh, would they feel guilt? You know, sometimes you just got to take a day. Like, we got all our Christmas stuff down over the weekend. The tree was put out. I got all the lights down from outside. Because Sunday wasn't bad. It was a little bit of wind, but it was milder. So it was all right, too, to get out and do stuff. People were asked, if you do nothing over the weekend, do you feel guilt? And out of 5,000 people, uh, almost all said, no, there's nothing wrong with taking a day. Yeah. And funny, though, the older we get... 
uh, the more we're not guilty about it. Younger people uh, right. feel the guilt. I would say for me that, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a slouch at the best of times. I, I, if I had an animal I could become, it would be a sloth. So I love to do nothing but lie around. I, I would say, though, that I feel much better about it if I've accomplished something. Like, right. we got the Christmas tree out of the house, I got the lights down. Then I was able to say, okay. <laughs> now the afternoon is mine. And to the couch I went. Now, uh, is Maria uh, a busybody or yeah. is she able yeah. to kind of relax with you? It's, it's okay to take a day, yeah. but sometimes it's not that we feel guilty. It's that we are made to feel Oh, I'm 100% with you. Yeah, she, I think like many, um, feel the guilt and then so stare at me and say, right. how can you, how, look at, look, the house is a mess or this or that. Now, occasionally, rarely, but occasionally she'll say, let's just chill and watch a movie. And I'll be like, I'm totally aboard. So we'll be sitting there and we'll be 15 minutes into the movie and I can see her getting edgy. <laughs> twitching and I'm like, you can't do it. You it's like the story I've shared with you about going away, right? Yeah. You go to an all-inclusive, and you're, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm doing nothing. I'm sitting in the pool. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. We're going to sit by the pool and have drinks and do nothing, and it'll be great and relaxing. We're there in our lounger for 10 minutes, and I can see her looking at tourist maps. <laughs> Where are we going? Let's take a donkey up into the mountain. <laughs> Ride your ass somewhere else. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Adrian, same way. She can't sit. Uh, has a tough time. Yeah. Or or at least seems to have a tough time with me <laughs> sitting <laughs> for lengthy periods of time. Well, you know what? And this comes with age. Uh, and I think Maria has accepted it. I, when you're younger um, and your wife or your significant other kind of gives you that guilt for, for not helping or perceived not helping or not doing your pulling your weight or, you know, you, you feel bad. And so you, you begrudgingly jump in. Right. I have found with age that I just look at her and go, I'm not doing it and I don't care. <laughs> Make me. Make me do it. <laughs> you know, the words sound like they'd be fun arguments. The word no. <laughs> I rarely said. I was like, yeah, whatever you want, sweetie. Whatever you want, sweetie. Sure, let's do that. That sounds good to me. Now, no. No, I'm not doing that. Camping? No. Painting the house? No to that. <laughs> I say no to you. And then I go have a nap. And I feel zero guilt. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.